Hello and welcome to the Transforming Society podcast from Bristol University Press. My name's George Miller, and I'm the editor of a new paperback series that BUP has launched this spring. Over the next few years, What Is It For? will explore the purpose of a range of institutions, beliefs, ideologies, and other phenomena that make up the contemporary world, from veganism to AI, nuclear weapons to the monarchy. Inherent in the series concept is the idea that the answer to the question will most probably be complex and up for debate, but that it's worth asking in order to think about how the future could be better. The series launches with three titles, War, Cybersecurity and Philanthropy, and it's to war that we turn in this third episode. Jack MacDonald is a lecturer in War Studies at the Department of War Studies at King's College London and the author of What is War For? Jack's aim, of course, is not to investigate how war could be done better, whatever that might mean, but rather why war still persists, why states and non-state groups still resort to it, and how they seek to justify it. In the book, he also addresses the thorny but essential question of whether it might one day be eradicated. But it began with a much simpler question. How had people reacted when Jack told them he was working on a book called What Is War For? in 2022. There were the obvious jokes about, you know, oh, what is for? Absolutely nothing. I think that just kind of, uh, I think this is probably the only book in the series that's probably going to suffer from that exact <laughs> kind of phrasing. But people are generally interested in the idea. I think colleagues I spoke to about it, they're like, oh yeah, that, that sounds like a really interesting thing to do. Like some of them were, that's, very, very hard <laughs> for good reason. A lot of the books that try to encompass war in the round, in order to really cover everything, you have to be writing like 80, 100,000 words. Um, and even then, it still scratches the surface. Like, I think that's what's interesting about the topic is that depending how you frame or constrain your text or what you're trying to say, you could write what is war for kind of 30,000 words, 100,000 words, or 500,000 words. And even at 500,000 words, there's probably stuff you've, you're still missing out. So that, that I think, is kind of what I think most people are quite interested in, is like, how could you actually do, answer that question in sort of 30 to 35,000 words? I guess a lot of the books which take a longer look at war, you know, the 80,000 words or the quarter of a million words, maybe there's a tendency to go back and look for the origins of war, to look at the ancient world, to try and sort of provide an answer by looking at the earliest manifestations of war that we have in the in the historical record. Now, was it just because of length that you felt that wasn't something you wanted to pursue? Or were there, were there other reasons why the, the focus of your book is very much uh, really on the 21st century and uh, to a lesser extent the um, the 20th century? When I first kind of approached it, I was thinking, okay, we'll sort of like start the early origins of war and conflict and try and get through it. At the same time, when I was drafting and writing, I just realized there wasn't enough space to give the whole scope of war in human history equal attention. And I thought that if you are having to make kind of like significant choices, like what to include and exclude, I thought it better to focus on the present and try to figure out what's really important for someone to know who wants to know about war now. This isn't excluding kind of the long history of warfare by any stage, but I think it's that um, when you 
are having to work at that length. You just can't go into every single detail. The origins of war and human conflict is a really interesting kind of question. At the same time, trying to trace how things evolved from perhaps the start of like sort of agriculture and early human civilization right through to 2022, 2023 is kind of too much for a book of this length. So it's about being slightly humble in what you can do in a book like this, but also trying to explain to people that, you know, if you do want to understand war in 2023, you do need to know some history. There is this long evolution of war and warfare that's occurred over centuries, millennia, that's sort of like changed in different places, different times. So when you're saying kind of what is war for, you're really answering that question almost like at a specific point in history. And when you were writing the book, as as we've already alluded to, the war in Ukraine had very recently broken out. And I wondered, did that have any kind of sort of gravitational pull on the kind of things that were in your head, thinking about how readers are quite likely to come to a book on what war is for, with that as the most recent example that they've been exposed to and thinking about and trying to sort of puzzle the way through. So how did the actual events that were happening as you were writing influence the way you were thinking about presenting these ideas to the reader? The latest kind of bit of the Russo-Ukrainian war, it's obviously kind of almost like the war of our times. It's sort of like an epoch-defining conflict. I tried to resist as far as possible, kind of like reframing the book around this. One of the reasons for that is I think it's, it's something you, when you study war and armed conflict is that there is a sort of like sometimes a tendency just to jump on the latest big war and try to think about how everything can answer what's going on in that conflict. At the same time, there are big wars all over the world. You know, like one of the conflicts I mentioned in the book is the conflict in, say, Tigray, for example which attracts much less media attention than, say, the Russo-Ukrainian war. This isn't to say, like, oh, one should attract this attention or shouldn't. But I think it's important when you're thinking about war, in particularly in the contemporary world, is to recognise that there are wars all across the globe that are causing hardship and catastrophic damage to societies. And it's good to keep that in mind or to be at least aware of, like, the variety of these conflicts that are occurring. Because if we just hop from like one major war to the next major war and the war after that, you sort of create these kind of like mini narratives of like what's important and what's not. And I think that the the idea I have behind perhaps writing this book is just to say like actually if you take a step back and think about war in our world, it's not something that we can really sort of like create like a this is the most important and that's the most important and that's the most important conflict. And I think that the kind of value, I, as I see it, of the book is if you are interested in the Russo-Ukrainian war, there, there are bits and mentions and connections in there, is it does give you perhaps a way to contextualise what that war is and why it's important relative to war in our world. Maybe I can get you to say a little bit more about that kind of context, because that applies not only to the Ukrainian war, but to other conflicts. And I guess that's what you're trying to impart to the reader, a way of seeing 
very different conflicts within this sort of wider international context. How would you, I mean, obviously the best way is for someone to go and read the book, but just what kinds of thing are you trying to make the reader familiar with in order to sort of understand how some of these pieces fit together? I think one of the major things is about the idea of continuity and change in the character of war, like the kinds of wars that we see in our world, the way in which they're fought. And one of the dynamics we find in the study of war is there's people who think that, you know, there's war doesn't change that much over time or over space. And there are people who think that war changes a lot, or actually that the rate at which war is war, war and warfare is changing is almost increasing with things like technology. The kind of idea behind the book is that essentially put these kinds of arguments in perspective and allow readers to perhaps understand where people are coming from when they're worrying about, you know, things like the use of drones in Ukraine right now and how that perhaps might fit into use drones and over the past 10, 20 years, things like that. I wanted to end this episode, Jack, just by asking how you got into this field in the first place. What was your sort of trajectory to ending up writing a book like this? I got into the field because I did my BA in war studies at the Department of War Studies at King's College London. When I was going to university, I think the stakes were less because student fees were lower. But I really did not know what I wanted to do. And so I applied for like courses in sort of mechanical engineering, classics, ancient history, archaeology, and war studies. And I did quite good at my A-levels, not like amazing, but like I managed to get into like this full smattering of courses. And <laughs> then I just so so universities didn't pick for me, I had to pick it myself. And in the end, I just realized that the thing that really interested me or was kind of linking a lot of my interests was war and human conflict. So I opted for war studies. And it's just been something that's kind of stayed with me really ever since. You know, I left after doing an MA and went out into the world to work and then ended up coming back as a PhD student studying kind of the, um, the American use of drones for targeted killings. So it's basically been something that's been there since I was a teenager pretty much, kind of interest in war and conflict. And I'd say, like, the the thing that I'm most interested in is really how societies and individuals kind of explain to themselves why it's sort of okay or justified in going to war and killing other people and how perhaps changes in technology affect those kinds of questions. Like, the idea that roll back 200 years, you know, there aren't intercontinental ballistic missiles with nuclear weapons. <laughs> but once you start having sort of things that you can fire the other side of the planet that could wipe out a city, you, you, you have these very big existential questions about nuclear deterrence, the ethics of deterrence, things like this. So it's kind of that relationship between like changing technology and the kind of discussions we have about the rights and wrongs of killing. That's really kind of taken me from being a student all the way to where I am now. That was Jack MacDonald, whose new book, What Is War For?, is available now. There are more details about it, and the other titles in the series, on the Bristol University Press website, bristoluniversitypress.co.uk. That's it from me. So for now, thanks for listening, and goodbye.